0: This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by our new full-focus journal and, everybody asked for it, the new Black Executive Pocket Planner. Make sure to get them
1: today at Lead to slash journal. Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt.
0: And I'm Megan Hyatt-Miller.
1: And this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. And today we're going to be talking about the key to creating habits the last. Particularly, we're going to be talking about the importance of your why when it comes to developing new habits.
0: I'm so excited to talk about this today because I think people really want to have habits in their life and most of us have tried to install habits but I think a lot of us have stories of failing to permanently install habits and, you know, kind of going in fits and starts. And this is a time of year we're really starting to think again about how do we set ourselves up for a great new year, the next year that's coming. I think all of us are eagerly anticipating 2021. Habits are a big part of that. And today we're really going to get into kind of the how-to of creating habits that really last, no matter what.
1: And I think one of the first things we have to say is that when you're taking on a new habit, you got to get really clear on the motivation. Yeah. Because habits are hard, because we're talking about changing our behavior. And all of us have had, as you said, that experience where we tried to change. You know, we tried to either, you know, quit a bad habit or take on a, a good habit. And if you're like most of us, you know, we start with a lot of enthusiasm. We can keep it up for a few weeks. And by the way, this is why New Year's resolutions don't typically work. But if we're not really clear on why that's important, we inevitably get to the messy middle when it becomes difficult, when we run out of steam and we wanna quit. And if we're not clear on the motive, we will quit. And that's what makes change and habit building so difficult.
0: Absolutely. Well, today we're going to talk about how anybody can stay connected with their why by implementing these three practices. So we're really talking about this one aspect of creating habits that last around connecting to your why, but there's some specific uh, practices that you can leverage that are going to make that so much easier and really put some power behind your habits.
1: Okay, so practice number one is to identify how the habit creates meaningful change. So let me start with this story. Back in 2011, I had just started Michael Hyatt & Company, but as a preface to that, Gail and I decided to take our first ever one month sabbatical. That was a really, really big deal. I had never done that before. I honestly wasn't sure what I was gonna do with myself, But the first day, Gail suggested to me early in the morning, we got up in the morning to do our morning ritual, and she said to me, I really think, given this new stage in your life, this new season in your life, that you should start journaling. I responded with an eye roll, (laughs) you know, like, like, uh, you know, and I I said out loud, I said, hey, I've tried that before. I'm not a journaling kind of guy. You know, I'm a take action kind of guy get going kind of guy, knock out my task list uh, kind of guy. I'm not a reflective kind of person. And so she said, and she used something on me that I've since come to appreciate and have used successfully on many people, including myself. And that's the, well, why don't you try it as an experiment strategy? So she said to me, well, look, I know that you think you're not a journaling person, but I'm telling you, you might find it helpful. So as an experiment for the 30 days of this sabbatical, why don't you journal? So, I mean, who can resist an experiment? <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just curious enough to think, well, maybe it might work. You know, maybe there's some value in it. So here's, here's the thing. Initially, I was doing it for her. So that was an external motivation. Now, I knew, and she probably knew too, that that wouldn't carry me through when the novelty of journaling wore off, and then I just kind of had to move through it. And by the way, I've successfully been journaling almost every day since that time, but it was not because Gail suggested it. It was because as I got into it, I began to identify my own reasons for why it was important. And at some point, I've written blog posts on this, at some point, I identified what those reasons were. You know, and and the principal one was that journaling gave me a very practical way to process the events of my life. Now, I'm going to tell you, Megan, you'll understand this when I say this, but as an Enneagram 3, my temptation is to live at a very superficial level and not really do a deep dive into what's going on internally. I'm I'm often out of touch with my feelings. Journaling gave me a way to circumvent that kind of natural propensity and dig deeper into my heart, into my life, and to ask myself the question, why did I do that? Or why do I do what I do? And that's been enormously helpful in developing self-awareness, which, Megan, as you and I have said, is kind of the superpower for leadership in 2020 and beyond. That's right. You know, to to have self-awareness is important, but how how do you break that down as a habit? And so getting in touch with that why was critically important and useful for me.
0: That's a great story. You know, I talked last week when Larry and I were talking about why habits are so important. I was talking about uh, my habit of exercising every day. So I exercise six days a week. Um, This is something I've kind of done you know, with more or less consistency over the years. But I had probably right before COVID, I was at one of my least consistent points with that. And then like a lot of you guys, I started walking every day just to get outside when everything was happening at the beginning. And then this summer, I decided that, hey, this situation is not going away anytime soon and what that means for me is that i can't just be kind of in survival mode of the minimum you know in terms of habits and structure for my life i really have to instead intentionally strengthen myself for the months ahead where we're going to continue to go through these challenges and so as i was really considering what kind of meaningful change would be possible by adding a more rigorous exercise routine habit kind of into my my plan every week For me, it was about um, being strong. It was about being physically resilient and training my mind to be resilient also, which is one of the things I really love about fitness and about pursuing fitness, is that it kind of is a training ground mentally for what we're spending our time doing day in and day out, you know, in our professional and personal lives. And so, for me, I was really able to connect the dots on how that habit of daily exercise made me feel empowered. And not only has made my body stronger and more fit, but has made my mind just ready for the kind of challenges that we seem to continue to face uh, day after day after day in this challenge that we're in.
1: and so, my guess is because you've identified your why, yep, that it makes it I wouldn't say easy, but easier to continue with the habit. Because you know oh, what? Yeah. You connected it to a bigger picture thing that's important. I've done the same thing with exercise. I never exercised consistently after college. In college I did. But after college I didn't exercise consistently till I really hit about 40 years old, my mm-hmm. early 40s. And it was then that I came face to face with my own mortality. You know, there's always that, that time when that happens to us when we come to when we come to realize that we're not going to live forever and if we don't start taking care of ourselves you know we just can't coast on the health and the the youthfulness that we have and so for me that was that was challenging you know to to get up earlier that I was already getting up to get out and go for a run which is how I began but like you I had to find my reasons for that and and the initial reasons were not ultimately the real reasons that motivated me like, the initial reasons for me with health were, like, I wanted to avoid a heart attack. Right. I didn't want to die prematurely. You know, it was all these, you know, kind of catastrophic big kinds of things. But eventually, you know, honestly, it was just just anticipating how I would feel after the run.
0: Exactly. And I love that part. I mean, for me, I too. that is, that's the thing that um, keeps me coming back is how empowered I feel and how ready for my day. I mean, the, the quality of days that I have when I exercise is so much better than on the days I don't, because my mind is like absolutely in the right place. When I show up to work, which is of course walking down the hallway (laughs) these days, you know, when I walk down the hallway to work, I am ready mentally for what I'm about to do. I'm in a positive state of mind. I feel, you know, uh, strong. I feel powerful. I feel creative. I feel innovative. All those things. I mean, that's really why I'm doing it. It's not It's not even really because of the physical benefit. It's kind of like the physical uh, aspect is a means to an end, you know?
1: You know, if I was a therapist, and I'm not, but if if I were a therapist, I would have every client on some kind of exercise program. Me too. And the reason I would do that is because maybe for the first time for some people, it gives them a sense of agency Mm -hmm. or power over their own life. Yep. So it's kind of like if I can get myself out and walk, and or make myself run, what else could I do? Right. You know, maybe I could change my most important relationships. Maybe I could change uh, what happens at work. Maybe I could change, you know, my my income. I mean, anything's possible mm-hmm. once you give people a little taste of the agency that they have over their lives. And so I love that. You know, the number one reason though, why I, I go out and walk today? Why? It's to listen to audiobooks.
0: Oh, yeah, that's so true. Hey, P.S. This is like a pro tip for parents with young kids or a bunch of kids like I have. That's really my only time to read or listen to stuff. Like if I'm home, the kids are home, right? So there is like, there's no, my my morning ritual does not include reading. I have, you know, my quiet time and play my day and all that kind of stuff. I do all kinds of other things, but I don't have time to read. So that is like, that's it.
1: Uh, me too. Like I literally do not read anymore. In the conventional sense. And I and I probably haven't for seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. You know, occasionally if I listen to the audiobook and really love it and want to go back and study it, which is very rare because I don't really read for retention. But if I'm if I'm reading a book or listening to a book and really like it, I'll go buy the the physical book or the Kindle yeah. book. But just listening to it, that's what gets me out there walking. I love learning. And and to be honest, I don't really enjoy exercise. It's just, it's just a means by which I can listen to more books and grow and and learn new stuff.
0: What a great reason. Hey, you know what? That reminds me of practice number two, which is to write down the reasons for your habit and revisit those every day. Um, you know, keeping those things top of mind is really going to help you not only kind of push through just the natural resistance that, you know, we all have toward, you know, doing things that are good for us, but maybe are not inherently enjoyable. Um, But it's also going to just remind us why it's important and get us motivated all over again. Um, I have not actually written down my motivation, but I think about this every day. I do write down my motivation for my goals every day, but I'm going to add this practice, number two, to what I'm doing, because I think it's really helpful just to note, hey, this is why I'm doing this. Hey, brain, you know, remember you like to do this and here's why you signed up for this in the first place. Uh, And that will get you out the door, either literally or figuratively, when maybe you have other reasons for not doing it. Like, you know, if we're talking about exercise, it might be nice to stay in bed and it's kind of cold outside and, you know, you want to have another cup of coffee or whatever. If you write that down, why you're doing it every day, you have the chance to choose kind of to stand for your future self and what you really want.
1: I love that kind of language, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to disagree with you here. Oh, okay. Okay. So, you know, I, I, Love it when we have tension in these conversations. I know. And it Hey, if you're listening,
0: like the truth is, my dad wants to fight every time we do this. <laughs> Our logo should be boxing gloves, which is funny because we actually don't disagree about that many things. So there's not that much material. But well, I know, and I
1: keep looking for the opportunity because I think oh, yeah, it just I is know. more interesting. But what I disagree with, you said, well, I've I've actually never written them down. I disagree with that, and here's yeah. why, and here's why I know that's not true, because when you set goals, you said this kind of, but. But you kind of let yourself off the hook. You set either achievement goals or you said habit goals. Those are the right. only two kinds of goals True. there are. True. So probably everything that's a habit right now in your life probably started out as a goal. Am I wrong? Okay,
0: fair enough. Nope, I think you're right. Okay.
1: So you forgot, but you've actually written down the reasons because a yeah. part of our goal setting process, which I'm yes. sure we'll, you know, we might get into as we move toward, you know, the right. turnover of the year. But as we get to that, one of the things we do there is write down our key motivations. So I've done this on every habit that I've, you know, that I've taken on. Now, here's why it's important. Here's why it's important to write it down. Because you might think, oh, well, if I know it, that's enough. But here's the problem. Writing forces you to get clear. Mm-hmm. So if you don't write it down, you can just sort of have kind of a general sense of why it might be important. But what you need is a specific, explicit concrete reason for why you're doing what you're doing. So if you're trying to start, for example, a walking habit or a running habit, you might put as your why um because it gives me the opportunity to listen to books. I mm-hmm. mean, be that specific. Right. Or I I enjoy the feeling of endorphins coursing through my bloodstream when I finish. <laughs> Which, by the way, who doesn't? I mean, It's awesome, awesome.
0: right? Hey, guys, right now, that is not to be dismissed. That's right. Who couldn't use a big hit of endorphins?
1: (laughs) That's the first thing that writing down your motivation does. The second thing, though, and I think this is equally important, we're forgetful. Yeah. And so you get into the messy middle, and you forget why you're doing what you're doing. And this is why people give up on all kinds of things. You know, people give up on relationships, they give up on their health, they, they give up on hard things. And as, the truth is that most of the things in life that are worth doing are hard. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a messy middle, a time that you have to, or a place where you have to persevere. And having that written motivation so that you can go back and review it and remind yourself of why you're in this particular challenge or doing this particular habit, extremely helpful
0: hmm I totally agree.
1: So let me give you an example. This may not sound like a habit initially, but trust me, it is. So I have the habit of being married.
0: I've had this <laughs> habit for
1: 42 years. It's a habit that uh, on occasion I've been tempted to quit or give up on. But one of the things that I did about 15 years ago, I wrote down every reason why I wanted to stay in my marriage. Now that may sound odd, but but it's it's like a question that I gave my mind. So sometimes when people go through a tough patch in a relationship, their, their brain naturally goes to the place of why I should give up on this relationship. And you got to be very careful about the questions you ask yourself because your brain will serve up reasons. Like if I ask myself, why do I need to get out of this relationship? Your brain will happily accommodate that question and give you a bunch of reasons for why you should get out of the relationship. But that's not a very empowering Question, you know, in most situations, maybe occasionally, but not in most situations. So I, I said, why should I stay in this relationship? And I wrote down a series of internal motivations. So I said, for example, I said, well, reason number one, I really do love this woman. You know, I loved her from the first moment I saw her. Um, I was drawn to her. I felt like this was the woman I was going to marry. And, and honestly, she's done nothing but impress me ever since then. And so I really do love her. Now, I may not always feel that, because love in my my world is a verb, not an adjective. It doesn't, it's not descriptive of a feeling, first and foremost, but it's a verb. Love is an action, and I can always act with love. I said, second of all, I want to learn to lead. And leadership naturally involves service. And marriage gives me the primary means by which I can learn to serve. You know, if I can serve the people that are nearest and dearest to me, then maybe I can serve the people that are outside of that, that inner circle. So I literally wrote down 10 reasons why I want to stay in this marriage. And so occasionally, you know, when I want to give up or we've had a fight or I start to second guess, but I, I can go back and review that in Evernote and, you know, it just kind of keeps me engaged. Oh, yeah. One of the things we, we so desperately need when we want to quit is perspective. And if you can create that perspective before you hit that messy middle, so much the better. That's the value of writing it down.
0: All right. So practice number one was to identify how a habit creates meaningful change in your life. Practice two is to write down the reason for your habit and revisit it every day. And practice number three is to take time to notice your progress and celebrate it. I think this is really, really important because the desire for transformation is what gets us going. That's why we decided to set a habit in the first place. But noticing transformation is what keeps us going. Because if we're not making progress and really calling that out in ourselves and noticing it, then what's the point, right? I mean, the whole reason we got into the game is for transformation. And so if we don't take time to really notice how we're improving, then it kind of can fall by the wayside and we can get disconnected from our original why and ultimately give up on our habits.
1: Yeah, this is important from my perspective because it's kind of the secret of happiness.
0: Yeah, that's really true.
1: We we sometimes think happiness is a destination that we reach. We're going to get to this place and then we're going to suddenly be happy. But all the research I've read says, no, happiness comes from a sense of making progress toward a goal that we find meaningful. Mm-hmm. So that means that the happiness actually occurs in the journey as we grow, as we develop, as we make meaningful progress. In fact, there's a book by uh, Teresa Amabile and Stephen Kramer called The Progress Principle, Using Small Winds to Ignite Joy, Engagement, and Creativity at Work. And in there, they uh, report on a study of 230 creative knowledge workers. And the research revealed, get this, the single most important factor in fostering intrinsic motivation, in other words, internal motivation, was the sense that the workers were making progress. Hmm. So noticing even small things can give you that sense of motivation. So I think sometimes, again, we have to remind ourselves of progress. I don't know about you, Megan. Actually, I do know about you, because I think you're a lot like me in this sense. And that is that that where we tend to go, like in a habit, would be, oh, I missed today. I'm such a loser. Right. Or, you know, I, I didn't fulfill that habit. I said I was going to. I'm a loser. I get this question all the time from people that are pursuing habit goals. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, okay, if I've got a, a goal that I'm going to do this thing every day for 90 days, it's going to take me 90 days to install this habit, I think. And if I screw up on day 89, do I have to start <laughs> the count all over? Right. No.
0: No. You don't.
1: You no. don't. So, you don't need 100% compliance. This is gonna be a shock to a lot of people, but you don't need 100% compliance with your habit goal to actually consider it installed. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I've been walking or running steadily for, you know, since I was in my early 40s.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Normally, I walk today almost every day for two miles. Guess what? I didn't walk today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I got caught up in something else. I didn't walk today. It was really cold out. I thought I, I came up with an excuse. Now, I wanna, I want to tell you how much time I spent be- beating myself up about that. 0 0 0 Because again, I'm typically walking 5 to 6 days a week, and over time, and this is a really important principle, it's it's not those losses that are going to derail you, it's the trajectory yeah right so it's really
0: important and that's a big yes. difference in what we think. We think that like if we were mapping our progress on a graph that we would need to see only up and to the right, I'm gesturing as though you guys listening can hear me, but you can probably imagine what I'm doing with my hands right like in in reality, it's much more like directionally up and to the right but up and down like crazy like a sideways lightning bolt, you know all the way up and that's just normal the the question is though, Are you making progress overall? That's right. And and the answer usually is yes.
1: That's right. And yeah, you know, pursuing a goal or pursuing a habit is not taking one step at a time and and reaching your goal. It's more like three steps forward, two steps back, five steps forward, one step back. You know, it's like you said, it's, you know, it's it's up and down until until you reach it. That's normal. So don't beat yourself up. Right. Now, if I said that I was gonna pursue a habit goal. And I, I went gangbusters the first week, and then I, you know, kind of fell off the wagon. And then I wake up, you know, 80 days later, you know, yeah, I'm going to probably start over then.
0: Right, right, right.
1: But what I'm typically looking for is about 90 to 95 percent compliance. Yeah. And if I can do that, I consider the habit goal installed, and then I can check it off at the end.
0: Well, another one of the habits I talked about this a little bit last week with Larry that I've done since. Um, some sometime in August, I started working on this is I really felt like my nutrition was kind of not optimal. I don't know about anybody else, but with COVID, I hear you. <laughs> there's just a lot of things that kind of, um, you know, took a little bit of a nosedive. And I felt like, you know what, again, if I am going to be at peak performance, you know, for the duration of whatever this situation is we're going through, I really, I need to think about nutrition. I need to feed my body in a better way. And I'm really into making sure that's, something that I enjoy and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But the habit that I adopted was that every morning, and I have done this since then, every morning I plan what I'm going to eat for the day. So I decide what I'm going to have breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack in the morning. And my commitment is, is that whatever I can plan, whatever I want, but whatever I plan is what I'm going to eat. So, you know, most of the time, like, you know, 85 to 95% of the time, I'm not deviating from that. I'm really sticking with what I planned. And that really does a couple things for me, you know, in terms of the why. One, the quality of my nutrition is better because I'm being intentional about it. But two, I get a break from all the decision fatigue of deciding four times a day what I'm going to eat, you know. So I just don't have to worry about that anymore.
1: Wait a second, uh, four times a day?
0: Well, you know, like a snack, right?
1: Oh, okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. that's yeah. legit.
0: Hey, I mean, some people eat more than that, so whatever works for you, you know, two, two to five times probably for most people. I thought
1: maybe you were doing eleven ces or something. <laughs> <laughs> no go to the rings
0: uh, right right no in the afternoon um but you know one of the things that i have done Consistently in with that habit is that I reflect on the progress that I'm making, like how much better my nutrition is, how many more vegetables I'm eating and fruits, and how much more water I'm drinking, and just you know that our family dinners are better and we're eating out less. All of that kind of stuff is so much better because of this habit. But I'm being intentional about noticing it and then celebrating those wins, not because it's perfect, not because it's like you know like some kind of white knuckle rigidity. It's not, but it's dramatically improved from where I was in August just because of this habit. But I think the key to sustaining the motivation and really staying connected to my why is reflecting on this progress and celebrating it.
1: Well, if it's validation from your father here, I can tell you've been making progress. <laughs> yeah. I feel, first of all, your skin looks fantastic.
0: Hey, thanks.
1: You guys can't see it, but <laughs> it looks fantastic. You're radiant, you know, and, I, you, and you seem to good. have more energy.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, and I mean, as a leader, you know, we were talking about this last week, but just as a leader, the number of decisions that we have to make every day just about makes your head spin, especially in a season of crisis. And so if you can automate, With habits, some of those decisions, and I think, you know, we talked about this last week, that some of the reasons for developing habits is because it simplifies your life. And that's what this has done for me so much. And I'm, you know, I just love it. But again, whatever habit you're working on, this practice number three, taking time to notice your progress and celebrating it, you really need to do that. If you're a full focus planner user, you can do this in the notes section of your daily pages, you know, on the other side of your daily page, just just take a minute and, and ask yourself, what has this habit made possible in my life? And just write a quick list. And doing that on a regular basis, maybe you do it once a week, maybe you do it once a month, will really highlight those things so that you can reconnect again to your why and continue down the road of uh, staying consistent with that habit.
1: Okay, I want to talk about a practical way to keep track. I mean, you mentioned you know you okay. can just, just do this in the notes section of your planner. Right. But we actually have two other places in the Full Focus Planner for you to track your progress. And I love me some check marks. You know, there's something about Who a check doesn't? mark. Talking about noticing your progress. If I can get a check mark, you know, I'm like a dog with a biscuit. I'll do almost anything <laughs> to get that check mark. It. Check mark. So, for example, in the goal detail pages, so if you have a habit goal, there's something we call a streak tracker at That's the very right. bottom of the page that gives you the opportunity to track your progress one little square per day for 90 days. If you look at the monthly pages, inside those monthly pages, you can track for each day there's these little boxes for each day where you can check those off for some habit that you're, you know, trying to record for that day. Whatever it is, take your take your vitamins, go for a run, do some reading, meditate, whatever it is, you can note that and visually see your progress. And honestly that's my my favorite place to do the check marks. So today we've been talking about connecting your why or finding your why as it relates to your most important habits and and why that's so important. But we've talked about three practices for connecting with your why. Practice number one, identify how the habit creates meaningful change. Practice number two, write down the reason for your habit and revisit it every day. Now you may be tempted not to do this. Trust me, you're gonna need it. Practice number three, take time to notice your progress and celebrate it. Meg, we've got a new resource that's coming out. Why don't you tell our listeners about it?
0: Yeah, I'm so excited about this. So we have a brand new book coming out here in a few weeks. It's called No Fail Habits. And as you may have noticed, we're doing a few episodes on habits because it's so timely right now. And you guys love it when we talk about habits. And I think that's because there are a lot of you who are either uh, kind of, habit skeptics, like you want to adopt habits, but you maybe haven't been that successful before, or you're just like habit geeks and you love habits and you love adding more habits and figuring out how to optimize it. Well, whichever category you're in, this new book, No Fail Habits, is going to give you so many practical strategies to develop habits, to optimize habits, pro tips, all of our best thinking on habits is in this book. You're definitely gonna wanna get it. It's gonna be out in a physical version or a digital version and an audio version. So you can get that uh, when it comes out here in a few weeks. But the best way to know when it's available for purchase is to join our countdown to 2021. So just go to michaelhyatt.com slash countdown and you can join there. So what we're doing is we're having a theme each month leading up to the end of the year. And this month's theme, you may have guessed, is on habits. So we're gonna be having emails and all kinds of free resources there, including a Facebook community where you can talk with people just like you about habits, about the things that you're struggling with or your best ideas, tips and tricks, all that kind of stuff is gonna be delivered through this free community, this free uh, challenge that we're doing on Countdown to 2020. Again, just go to michaelhyatt.com slash countdown. You'll get all that free information. Plus, we will let you know first when No Fail Habits is available.
1: So Megan, as we bring this episode to a close, do you have any final thoughts about habits?
0: Well, I think that habits are something we all know that we need more of in our lives, that especially right now, after such a tumultuous and chaotic year, that we feel the need for more structure, uh, for more routine, for more ritual, all that kind of stuff. And if, if you feel like you've sort of gotten out of some of your habits or you really feel the need for more habits... Connecting with your why with these three practices that we've talked about today, I feel like can make your journey toward uh, better habit adoption so much easier. I mean, this may be the one thing that you haven't unlocked so far that will unlock habits for you in the future.
1: Excellent. Megan, thanks for joining me today. Thank you guys for listening to us. And until next week, lead to win.
0: This episode of lead to win is brought to you by our new full-focus journal and everybody asked for it, the new black executive pocket planner. Make sure to get them today at
1: lead2.win/journal.